Hi, this is Carver Harrison, and welcome to my technology show. I'm back after two years, so I hope you enjoy this first news story. Ubuntu, the popular operating system based on Linux, will no longer be working on 32-bit computers. This means that Ubuntu and its variants will no longer work on a CPU older than an Athlon 64 or a Core 2. Almost no one uses a 32-bit computer anymore, so it might not seem like a big deal. But what is a big deal is that Canonical, the company behind Ubuntu, is removing the 32-bit packages from the repository. All applications which don't have a 64-bit version have become unavailable. Some of these packages are important for software development, like the i3a6 version of TCC, the Tiny C compiler. I've been using the i3a6 version of TCC on a 64-bit machine for OS Dev for a while, and without the 386 version of TCC, it makes it impossible to target a 3 standing i3a6 using TCC without compiling from source. This also means that pre-compiled 32-bit software may no longer work on 20.04 because of the now uninstallable 32-bit dependencies, requiring a painful compilation of libraries from source. I can understand why Canonical did this, as they wanted to focus on commonly used architectures. However, Canonical is leaving in support for obscure architectures like Power and S390X, an architecture only used in mainframes. A lot of computers still use 32-bit Linux, especially thin clients and embed devices. It seems that the reason that Canonical is removing support for the i3a6 is because they do not want to deal with updating packages and fixing platform-specific bugs. Canonical is saying that they will be using Snaps and LXD to address the issue of 32-bit compatibility. My opinion are on Snaps and LXD are as follows. I think that Snaps and LXD are an unnecessary bloat which takes up a lot of storage. People did not like Canonical removing 32-bit support and convinced Canonical to leave in support for some packages which would allow running 32-bit games and wine. But there's no love for developers, it seems. It's, it doesn't even mention leaving in support for developer packages. In conclusion, I think that Canonical is trying to lessen the workload they have to do by removing architectures that they deem as unnecessary, and I think this is a mistake. It's been Carver Harrison. Thank you for listening to the first part of my show. After the break, I'll be back. So I'm back, and I'm going to be talking about the next topic I have, which is uh, the new version of GTK, GTK4. It seems that the GNOME people are back at it again with another version of GTK. Hopefully it won't be as bad as G G GDK3 was. When I heard that GNOME was making uh, GDK4, the first thing I checked is if GDK file chooser had had thumbnail support yet. And lo and behold, there is still no thumbnail view in GNOME File Picker. It's 2019, the GNOME developers still haven't added one. It is, so it still is official. KDialog is still the superior file picker. KDE running supreme again. Looking at the roadmap for GDK4, they've already added a constraint-based layout, overlay blur, and some other features. But they have dropped features as well, like GDK drop source, GDK places sidebar, and GDK tool palette and GDK invisible. From screenshots, GDK4 looks like a lot like GDK3 with not a lot of difference. GNOME is trying to eliminate toolbars by moving buttons to the window decoration. The consequence is that borders are very thick. So this can cover Harrison and after the break I'll get with another news story which will be about uh, QT6. Hi, this is Carver Harrison. I'm back. So I'm going to be talking about um, QT6 now. So QT6 is coming out in 2020, with QT 5.5 likely being the last version of QT 5. According to the QT website, QT 6 will bring many features to 
Qt QML, the Qt markup language will be able to be compiled to C++ and native code. They're also making JavaScript an optional feature of QML. The reasoning for this is that Qt is trying to make target microcontrollers, apparently. Not sure that makes any sense. I wouldn't run um, Qt on an Arduino, but okay. They're adding more 3D and shader support to Qt as well. Some pretty good features, if you ask me. So this is Carve Harrison. After the break, I'll get back with another part of my show. Thank you for listening. So it's Carver Harrison. I'm back with another part of my technology show. I'm going to be talking about this thing I found on uh, the cesspool known as uh, Hacker News. It's called PsychC. So what I found was it was a compiler front end. They called it PsychC, which is combined C with an ML style types inheritance. You might be wondering what that is. And what that means is someone pretty much add generics to C, even though C has void pointer, which is works fine, in my opinion, for typeless arguments. And of course, because it's from Hacker News, it has a, to require a ton of high-level dependencies just to run, including Python for a C compiler. If there's one thing I would want a C compiler, it's Python. So another story we have. Python 2 is being discontinued in just under three months' time. Python 2 was written in 2000 and has been in heavy use ever since. What this means is that Python 2 will be getting no updates past January 1st, 2020. Python is telling people that they have to, if they want to find a security bug in Python 2, they will not fix it. This leaves Python 2 vulnerable to attacks. However, a lot of legacy code is written in Python 2. The Python Software Foundation, PSF, has posted an official guide on porting Python 2 software to Python 3. So you should probably check it out if you can still if you still have code written in Python too. So another story we have from Hacker News. Leon Sands. Another story from Hacker News. Some guy on the internet has written a JavaScript library to draw text. This is nothing news and can pose a lot of issues. A major issue is this library draws text to an HTML5 canvas, making it completely inaccessible to the blind. Another issue is the font itself is not that good. The font is very basic, and from what I could compare, it is like very neatly printed handwriting. Problem is that the font is also very lazily designed. The letter A literally is a circle and a vertical line. Same with letters P, Q, B, and D. There's not any shape which isn't a line or a circle or a slight curve. Really is there any difference between most fonts? Tell, take uh, Helvetica and Arial. Most people couldn't tell the difference without someone telling them. Uh, the difference between that between the two is that Arial has a slightly angled uh, terminal cuts while Helvetica has horizontal and vertical cuts, but I digress. A lot of the features provided in this font can be achieved using CSS3. So we can cover Harrison. Thank you for listening to my show today. I'll be back next week with a hopefully longer show.